It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello and welcome to the A24 Project here on the Nerd Party Network, where me and Dallas King make our way through the A24 filmography and aim to bring you interviews along the way with the people involved in front of and behind the camera. In this episode, I'm really lucky to be joined by Orion Lee, who plays King Lou in Kelly Reichardt's First Cow. King Lou is a Chinese immigrant who is on the run in the Pacific Northwest in the 1820s who forms a relationship with Cookie, a quiet travelling chef, and they begin a business selling oily cakes, but things threaten to spiral when they are forced to steal milk from the local chief factor's prize cow. Orion takes us behind the scenes on the making of First Cow and how he brought the incredible character of King Lou to life, working with Kelly Reichardt and John McGarrow, and the film's success. Thanks so much to Orion for joining me in the first of three first cow interviews that we're going to have in the coming months and I hope you too will enjoy it as much as I did. When did your interest in becoming an actor spark? I learned that you originally worked in sort of the finance industry. The thing I've always liked to do is a lot of different things around around the one thing that I'm doing. (laughs) Now when I say that I mean like so for example at university, I did accounting, but then I also did a little bit of Spanish and a little bit of psychology and a little bit of journalism. And you know, I, I did um, I did radio journalism, and part of the course for radio journalism was that we had to do uh, we had to you know create an, a news item and then read it on air, and all these different wonderful things. Um, which I then continued in the sense after I started work in finance. Uh, on the weekends, you know, on the weekends, I, I security guard course, I did a, a Swedish massage course, I did a bonsai course. One of the things I did then was an acting course. And then from there, I realized, you know what, acting kind of like contains all of the things. And I realized that within that, it was kind of everything I wanted to do. You know, I always had a strong interest in psychology, philosophy, uh, self um self-discovery, self-awareness. And and I'd always enjoyed learning different new things. And the acting kind of combines all of that together. It's it's about the realizing of psychology. It's not the not theoretical, oh let me read a book. It's like how how do you embody it? Mm. And then also yeah, you just get to learn a whole wide range of things depending on the role that you're playing. So yeah, I just, I, I, I really, that's how I came into acting, I guess. It's, it's, I just did a, a, a weekend course and, and enjoyed it and did another one and another one. Um, all the other courses I did, I, I was just, you know, curious and I just tried it once, but the acting was the one I kept coming back to. 
I think that's the first time we've had someone that's gone from Swedish massages to uh, being an actor. So you're you're a, yeah. you're a unique individual, right? Uh, you yeah. obviously worked in a huge range of, of film and TV and theatre. What have been some of your favourite roles and experiences for those that are maybe new to you from something like First Cow? What would you maybe recommend people to check out? It's always, you know, as an actor, it's always about wanting to portray a full human being um, so, you know, the, the, the opportunities to do that, uh, you know, when you're starting out in your career is, is, is unfortunately short, you know, you're usually playing small parts and, you know, you try and bring as much sort of depth into it as you can, but there's just not the opportunity to, to really sit with the character and, and to sort of show that, that, that work. Mm. So really, I must admit that it's it's the it's the longer pieces, you know, which I've had to and you know the so I did a play called Shibari at um, the Abbey Theatre, um, and uh, and I you know I loved um, you know visiting Dublin and hanging out there and 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 just the the story itself and it was like a story about this. Um, this guy who had lost his wife and he was still very attached to his wife. Um, but, um, you know, he, he, he couldn't unravel himself from his past to try and find a new love. Um, and, you know, he liked uh, ballroom dancing. So I learned a bit of ballroom dancing and he, he did Ikebana, um, Japanese floral ranging. And so I did a bit of that. Um, and uh, and he was also into bondage, <laughs> so I also learned a bit about that. Um, so that's you know like so great to learn all these different things. Um, and then of course, first cow is the opportunity you know of a lifetime really to work with Kelly Reichardt and and, and on, a, on a role which is again a complete human being. You know he he's um, you know he's he, he could be. I love how he doesn't, people don't necessarily know where he's coming from. You know, is he being manipulative? Is he being friendly? Is he lonely? Is he, um, you know, an entrepreneur or is he just trying to, you know, survive? Um, <clears throat> and it's all, it's those types of characters. Um, and there, so there's, uh, there's one which is, which I think is a, a, my, my first kind of like, fully embodied character um, was uh, in X and Y, but it had a different name um, in the UK and, 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 uh, and, and elsewhere. I think it was called something like, uh, it was some, something like a beautiful mind. Um, and that was my first, so that was, so X plus Y was my first real, fuller character i wasn't a lead in that but i was definitely a, a strong supporting cast in that and um it's an opportunity to yeah just grow and 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 investigate and show a, a character um it's just more embodied um so i like that one and i and i like i know i love the um the you know, the team and we all got to, got to go to Taiwan and like taste the food and, and be part of the culture. And, you know, that's what I really enjoy. So again, like, all those new things to experience. 
I noticed as well that you've worked with like the National Theatre of Scotland. What was that like to to work here in in Scotland? You know, that was it was um, really interesting to feel the the sort of energy of Scotland. And and what I came away with was it's it's really quite cool because I felt like the Scottish people are extremely uh, nationalistic. Like they're they're very like very proud of being Scottish. But they're also usually that means that they're they they you know that means that if somebody is really proud and and, and sometimes it means that they exclude other people. Mm-hmm. But 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 the Scottish that I you know the all the Scottish Scots that I met they were they were extremely proud of being Scot, but they were also very welcoming. Like if you want to come here and live here and be a Scot, let's do it <laughs> together. Let's be Scots. And, you know, Scotland rules. And, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you're from over there. You're not allowed to come to Scotland. No, if you want to come here and be part of something great that is Scotland, then you come here. <laughs> I love that. That was so cool. This is the bit where you show me you've got like a William Wallace tattoo now on your back. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, just had a great time. Um you know, just being being there and, and the play uh, was at the uh, Edinburgh Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was my first Fringe Festival as well. And um, yeah, brilliant. When did you sort of first hear about First Cow and how big an opportunity was it? And what was that audition process like for it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just had, I had a manager, my US manager said, look, there's this opportunity uh, I think you're right for, which is, um, you know, uh, a part in a movie with Kelly Reichardt. And that first, and you know, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, really? What? Um, because I'd seen um, Night Moves and it's, there are a few films I see where I watch it and I go, you know what, if, if I got involved in something like this, the first one I remember was, um, a German film won an Oscar for international, what's it called? Das Leben der Anderen in German, The Lives of Others in English. And there was, the, um, there was a movie I saw, which <laughs> I remember before that I had just seen this like action flick, which is like, um, you know, it's like all fast paced and quick cuts and and uh, action action and car chases and then, and then I saw this movie and I was like the first 15 20 minutes I thought oh my gosh this is so slow and kind of boring but I'll just keep sitting here and watching it and then by the end of the film I was like wow if I get to be involved in one movie of that caliber, I'm going to be happy with my <laughs> my whole career. Um, and then, yeah, and I saw Night Moves, and I thought, you know, I've never seen a slow thriller before. Like, well, actually, having said that, now the lives of others really was a kind of a slow thriller as well. Um, different style, though, um, but. Um, yeah, I loved what she did with Night Moves. And then I was, yeah, overjoyed at the opportunity to audition for the part. Um, so then the audition process itself was, I remember 
my um, my agent saying, you know, what she tends to do is she doesn't really want you to audition. She just wants to see some work that you've done. But unfortunately, at that point in time, most of the work I've done was on theatre. Um, so there wasn't like anything on sort of film or television. Uh, if it was, it was really sort of bitty. You know, you'd have to cut a whole bunch of things, put it together. But then in, the, in that context, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Mm-hmm. So she said, okay, well, if that's the case, you know, I'll go through a uh, normal audition process with you. So she gave me um, um, some scenes. Um, the scene where I first meet Cookie and the scene where we're both um, by the riverside, he's cleaning and I'm making some rope. And so I did those, sent it off and then, and I, well, first of all, I got the script with the audition pieces. And I remember reading the script and going, oh, it's a cool script, but you know, it's not necessarily grabbing me. But then I read the last line and I started weeping. And I was like, wow, what is happening with this story? Like, it's not, again, it's not something which, you know, it just kind of creeps up on you that you, you feel so attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really, really cool. And then I did the auditions and I was, I was, I do remember thinking, you know, this, it's really about two friends. And so I do remember, like, normally you kind of like do an audition. It's kind of like this, right? Yeah. You, you, you talk to someone behind the camera. And I set it up with my audition partner that we were both sitting forward, facing forward. So, you know, he was over there and, you know, we were chatting and I had to look over there every once in a while because I, I thought, you know what? Friends normally don't sit down and like eyeball each other, yeah. you know, they, they're usually sitting down playing a computer game, you know, or, or like, or watching sport on TV or, you know, they're, they're in a park and they're sitting on a bench or something, right? They're, they're, they're looking at things together. They're not looking at each other. <laughs> um, so I remember doing that. And then, um, yeah, I, I think that must have gone down well. And so got the, um, the, the, the message that um, Kelly would like to meet via Skype. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, we met. She gave me some notes. We talked for about an hour just about the character, where it's coming from. And then I did the audition again. She gave me a note over email. I did the audition again. And then, yeah, she said I had the job. And I was like overjoyed overjoyed for about five minutes and then and then after that the the nerves kicked in and i was like oh my gosh am i able to do this job (laughs) um you know the imposter syndrome that hits everybody yeah (laughs) looking at your your life obviously we're talking to you in australia at the moment you've worked all across the the world on different projects is there a bit of you that feels like when you look at king lou that there's a little bit of him inside of you as well Mm, absolutely. Um, you know, I've lived in many different places um, in my life, you know, I've, I've, uh, for various amounts of time, you know, uh, Malaysia, uh, Hong Kong, Australia, Switzerland, London, U- the UK, 
you know, Scotland, Ireland, um, <clears throat> you know, just tons of different places. Um, and it's always fascinated me and I've always been, you know, like I said, interested in an opportunity to learn about a new culture, new people, and and kind of become part of the, the fabric of the, the place. Um, and I think, you know, King Lu enjoys that process as well. Um, and then also he's, he's sort of very business oriented. So with my past, I've got that sort of business mentality as well. Um, and yeah, and just, I think, you know, really being an actor sometimes is just finding all those things where you, somebody has said this, I can't remember who, where you can, where it's right for the character and you dial those up and everything which is wrong for the character, you dial those down <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I did. I found a lot of uh, sort of you know um, similarities with King Lou. Having kind of read the script and preparing for the role, when you discovered that John was basically going to be your scene partner for much of the film, was he who you visualised when you were reading Cookie and all those kind of scripts? And when when you obviously got cast together, how did you then sort of prepare? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't know John from before, but I'd seen his work in. Um, in uh, Big Short mm-hmm. and really enjoyed it. Um, and I don't think, I think I really didn't have any, you know, trying to go in with no expectations about who he was or what it was going to look like or, or anything like that. Um, so really, you know, and, and, and because he wears that beard and it's, you know, it's fully bearded up and, and, and also then the, you know, a wonderful costuming department that kind of like shapes us and creates us into new characters. Uh, and then, you know, you combine that with the makeup and then, you know, I'm just seeing the person that's in front of me, not really seeing the person that he was or the actor, John Magaro. And I'm just looking at Cookie, really. Um, and you, you try and preserve that feeling so that yeah, you, you can just be in the moment with, with Cookie as opposed to being an actor with, you know, with, with John. He's went on a boot camp together, I believe, sort of before the making of the film. What was that experience like and what did you learn in that, that boot camp together that you were able to take into the film? So the main thing, um, there were a few things, uh, which basically was kind of like learning about the time, mm-hmm. you know, um, so, for example, one of the things I found fascinating was that it's just, you know, we live in a very specialized society today. You know, people, you know, you want meat, you go out and you go to the shop and from the shop you buy it. And, and for that meat to come to you, there was, a, there was a farmer, there was a person who grew the, you know, grew the feed for the animal there's the person who then cut it up which is a different person the person who you know um, makes sure that it's safe to eat the person that puts it on the shelf the person you know it's like so many people right um and they all play a part in just making it easy for you as a person just walk into a supermarket and just you know take the meat back then like you just had to do everything there was no specialization if you wanted to eat, you had to find the food yourself, kill it, you know, cut it up and, and, and then build a fire and then cook it. And then, you know, like everything. 
and and even the whole process of building a fire was you know you actually had to plan it days in advance you had to have um first you had to have the flint then you have to and the you know the the, the stone to strike it on and then um you had got to got the uh, the tinder you had to make sure that was dry bone dry you had to have um the wood all set up and again make make sure the wood was was dry um so to make the fire today you had to have done it all this preparation work like you know a week before to just if you know especially in a wet place like that to like protect the wood and and everything is like that you know like again you, if i wanted rope i have to make it myself if i've got something you know my clothes are starting to go i've got to like sew it myself like everything and that was just fascinating to learn um and also kind of why you know, the script and, and, and Kelly was so adamant, not adamant, but like just, it was just part of the whole story that you always see them doing something. You know, it's always like they're washing something, cooking something, foraging for something. Um, and yeah, that was, was the most amazing thing to learn. And then it was also a little bit of, you know, John and I getting to know each other, but not in a, not in a forced way, you know, it wasn't like, okay, you guys are going to be working together, get to know each other. And you're like, it's like, it's like one, you know, it's like the awkwardness of that uh, five minute date thing or whatever. The, okay. um, it, it's not, it wasn't that it was just, okay, you guys go out and you learn about the time period. And then just naturally, of course, we sort of get to know each other, you know? Um, but even then we didn't, we were both focused on the work. So we both were learning about these things and, and, and sort of learning from this and other guys. So, but having said that, you know, just occasionally, you, you just see each other, the way each other works, you know, the, 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 the um, you know, just the, the simple things like, um, yeah, well, like, like, like you see in the beginning with Cookie and King Lou, you know, they, they go into the, the hutch and then, it's not like they stand there spending a lot of time getting to know each other. They just get to work, you know, and, and by getting to work, you kind of get to know each other, but it's not that awkwardness, which again, in the film, they have that, right. That moment where he's like, so, um, I know I'll go make a fire, sure. <laughs> um, which is great. Um, and, and sort of, you know, very recognizable. Yeah. Did you develop much of a, a backstory for your character? Because obviously he's quite had he's, he's had quite a long journey before we meet him in the Pacific Northwest. Mm. Did you draw on the the book or just the the script or your kind of own conversations with with Kelly and and? It was okay. So that's the kind of an involved question. Um, in the fact, the first the simple answer is yes. I did create backstory, and it was very helpful and important to me uh, in the process of, of, of acting the character. Um, it started really with, with the first read of the script. And in the first read, I thought, you know what? It's a story about two friends and, and, they, and, and, and King Lu, my character, is really lonely. And I felt, I felt like Cookie as well was really lonely and then they meet each other. Um, 
and you know and they kind of yeah develop this kind of friendship and the bond and so on and so forth but it, and i thought that they were very similar right i when i was reading it i thought it was very similar um mckelly in that first meeting she said oh i want no i want two completely different people i want um you know uh cookie's sort of quiet and king Lu speaks a lot and cookie's you know very sort of um the demeanor is also quiet and and, and um king Lu's much more sort of like you know potentially a con man like you know salesperson and it took me a while to reconcile that because in my head when i was just reading it i just thought you know these two people are so similar these two people are so similar and then you know i have the conversation with her and she says no they're very different they're very different people um and in that i had that you, you know the japanese puzzle the koan you know it's like oh it's like how do i work this out i'm thinking one way she's thinking how but that's that's the that's when the to me that's when where the magic happens like when you when you hit that when you have that struggle and then you hit that uh, if you're lucky you hit that and for me it was this it was that king lu when he was young was very very similar to cookie when he was young he was a very quiet child um you know couldn't look people in the eye uh just very sort of like quiet intellectual withdrawn um very much an introvert but then through his experiences through his need to travel to communicate with other people to survive um to and then you know again just sort of learning about different cultures of a different different types of ways of communication of being with people and he became what he is when you see him which is sort of this kind of like brash you know guy and um <laughs> i remember saying to kelly and just to kelly and she was like mm. uh i said um you know a life is like i think it was shrek that said like a life is like an onion <laughs> and that was like like So you know when you start off you like this but then you grow a layer and 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 then suddenly you're not what you were before but you're the new fully formed onion right um but actually the kernel of you of that is still there right within that onion is still the start of that that bud which so to me that's how i reconciled that that puzzle i was like okay well originally they were very 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 similar and if you and if they were to look into themselves and into their past and deep into themselves they would find that they are very similar but king lu's gone down a different path and over time has become a different person but he still feels that you know it's it's deep in his heart so that was yeah that was the way i kind of um reconciled that um so that 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 was part of it and then the other part was um just having a clear idea on so i, I remember the the this is just one moment where um 
Cookie tells about his parents. Anyway, he lost his parents. Um, and so I crafted something. Again, I believe similarities bond people. And so I crafted something within, within King Lou's backstory was that he also lost, you know, um, his parents in a different way. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, describe it, but um, he lost his parents too. And because of that, he had, uh, when he's listening to that story, he's connecting with this person, even though this is never said. Yeah. It's just kind of, it's just what King Lou feels in that moment. Um, he just has that connection because of a kind of, you know, shared past. And then the other part of the backstory, which which I actually made up two versions, was the um, the story about that King Lou first tells Cookie, which is where his friend is has been killed by these um, these Russians, um, and I made up one where. I made up one where he, like most of it was true, but in one, he didn't kill the Russian. He just ran. And in another, he did kill the Russian. And then he ran. Um, and I remembered for some reason, I don't know why it was, I just felt that it was really good to have those two options and I remember shooting both of them. I remember saying, telling Kelly, look, I'd, I'd really like to do this at least twice mm-hmm. um, and present to you these two different things. And she said, yeah, go ahead. Um, and in the end, I don't know what, you know, which one she, she picked up in the edit or whether she cut and pasted the two. Um, but I do remember because I, I felt Basically, I really wanted King Lu, the audience, to wonder about King Lu's motivation, mm-hmm. about his what he what comes out of his mouth, you know. And so, to me, that that story that was was very important for me to have two versions, and that the audience didn't necessarily know what was, you know, what King Lu was thinking or what the truth was. <laughs> One of these things in with the film, we often see King Lou is a victim of, of racism, for example. We've seen in the past 15 months, you know, the increase in anti-Asian hate in places like America, for example. What was it like to take on, on that type of, of role? Mm. Firstly, of I'll talk about King Lou and then I'll talk about me more as, as a person. So with King Lou, during that time, the racism is kind of endemic, you know, um, and it and it and it's basically whoever has the power gets to choose the the way it is, right? Um, and so he and he's a, he's an adapter. He adapts to the environments that he's in. So he, he, you know, he might hold some bitterness in himself that 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 you know he has to go through this sort of process but he doesn't dwell on it you know um and and i think that's one of the reasons why you you know you love him as a character or i love him as a character is that you know he, he has a lot of failure in his life he's been an entrepreneur 
all his life and he still hasn't made it, you know, but he, but he's still positive and trying. And it's a similar thing with his attitude towards racism. You know, it's, it's, it's not a good thing, um, but it's not something which will hold him back. He'll just work with what's being given to him. So he goes to the chief factor's house and he knows this man can, can make him, you know, rich effectively. Um, and so he deals with it. Uh, he does, you know, it's not that he's, he's, he's not going to just fade into the background and be quiet and subservient, but he's not also, he's also not going to like push the button, you know, um, because he, he knows what he wants. He, he wants, you know, a, a job effectively. Um, and also he, you just, like I said, I think he, at that time he recognized that, that, that that's the way it is. So coming back to today and, and more, I guess, my point of view rather than King Lu, I think, I think you know, we're, 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 in, we're going through a period, I think, where, where there's less, which is great, there's less tolerance of racism, there's less tolerance of, of sexism. You know, I think, uh, you know, things are changing for the better and, and people are getting more aware of um, you know, sexism and so on and so forth and, 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 and racism. And, and that's great. And they're being a bit more aware of their privileges. And, um, and that's all a positive move in the right direction. Uh, being able to play a character who is, you know, I hesitate to say minority, um, a person of color, um, you know, a, a, a different ethnicity, maybe. There's still a lot of changes to go through with regards to how, you know, the terminology. But um, they, being able to play such a person in, in, a, in a historical context, you know, because quite frankly, the whole idea that at one point in time, there was a purity of race and it was like we were all you know like like china was all chinese or the you know the uh, england was all white or you know it's, it's it's a fallacy it's a it's a fantasy from from television you know uh, from from the media from films when really every all throughout life there's been migration and there's been people from everywhere trying to make a better life for themselves, a better life for their families. And, you know, being able to portray a person and, and, and the wonderful, you know, reality as well of that time where there's Russians there, there's Polish there, there's, you know, the, the Native American Indians, there's, you know, all these different people there. Um, you know, as part of my research, I found out that to, to, to get there by ship, to that Portland area, um, Pacific Northwest, you had to go around uh, and then up towards Hawaii. And then you don't go up the coast because that's too slow. The trade winds take you to Hawaii and from Hawaii you go in. Hmm. So very naturally, there'd be a whole bunch of, um, you know, Europeans in Hawaii and there'd be a whole bunch of Hawaiians in the Pacific Northwest because, you know, a few people would stop there and say, I want to live there. And then a few people would go on and go, you know, I want to try somewhere else new. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a brilliant opportunity and, 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 and wonderful that, um, you know, that, uh, that was in the, that was in the writing of it. Mm. 
one thing that everyone seems to love about the film is that relationship between your character of King Lou and, and Cookie. It's so tender. And I think a lot of people I know when I watched it for the first time in July last year and sort of the beginning of lockdown, that tenderness, that affection was something a lot of us were all missing from our lives. What was it like to, to play with that relationship? And did you think that was maybe evolving into something more between the two? I think, like I said, I think from the, in the beginning, it comes from a need. There's a mutual need, a mutual, I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 and, and so it's, it can, kind of first comes from a selfish place. You know, it's like, I need help. I need someone to help me, you know, get me back on my feet again. And, you know, another person is like, I'm alone and I, I need some sort of human contact, which is not, you know, fighting. <laughs> um, and, but then as time goes by, it becomes more, you know, I'm not sure what the right word is, but it, it just becomes more genuine. You know, they, they realize that actually they have a lot in common. You know, they realize that actually they fit together well. Um, you know, in the in the roles that they take uh, in the relationship, um, you know, who's happy with the, just the, the the dynamic. You know, it's that's there's not some dynamics are just conflicting, and some dynamics just sort of fit in with each other. And as time goes by, then it becomes much more, uh, yeah, much more genuine um, to the point where you know, I, I think. I think King Lu, in his path, in his past, has always run from things when he needs to, when he feels he needs to. And he never sticks around if he thinks it's better to go. But to me, at the end of the film, you, you never know what's going to happen in the future, but he feels it is time to go. I'm going to be better off gone, but he stays. And, and that to me is, 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 you know, the, the beauty of it is because, you know, some people have said, Oh, oh my gosh, if you say, you say that, I, I thought it would never, he would never go. He would always stay. But I feel like it's far more, powerful, genuine, real. Um, if somebody has the choice to leave mm -hmm. and then doesn't. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that is, yeah, that's a really touching thing about um, him. Uh, as to where the relationship would go, you know, I, I don't really want to say anything because one of the beautiful things about, you know, the Kelly Reichardt work is that it, it, it does it does let the audience have yeah. its, you know, its connection to the piece, its its interpretation. It, you know, it, it leaves things. It doesn't pin down everything, so that you can decide what the story is. You know, you can engage in it in that way. You know, um, and I think you know, great art does that. Like, it, the the artist definitely has a point of view and what they, you know, what they're trying to achieve, but they leave that space for the audience to come to it as well. 
um, and 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 for them to have their own experience of it. And 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 a great artist allows that and says, you know what, it's okay. It's, it doesn't have to be my point of view uh, alone. Mm. One of my favorite moments of the film, and I've discussed it with people before, is I've watched the film three times, and the three times I watch it, I always forget the film opens with the skeletons. It's I always settle into the film and the story and the journey, and it mm. I forget that these characters are essentially doomed. And it's always mm. when Cookie remarks about the, the milking plan being dangerous, and you're quite mm. firm. It's like, well, so is anything worth doing, and it's that's mm. the moment that always takes me out of the film in a way in a, in a, in a positive way where I'm so caught up in the relationship I'm like oh no I, I can I start to fear for your characters mm. what's it like for yourself to have a, a moment like that as an actor where you can you pull people in and they, you forget that you, you you know that these people are are doomed you know is that something that's exciting to kind of to play with and to to watch audiences reactions you know it's it's interesting because like as an actor, yeah, there, there are certain times, um, I guess, when, like, like I was just talking about the ending, you know, I felt that that's really important. But you're not really, the main focus has to be, you know, is, is the, the realness of that moment, mm -hmm. you know, and, and what is the motivation of that character, you know, and and it's and it's not it's never the motivation of a character to go oh i want to make the audience feel this <laughs> you know so so it, so in a sense what you're saying i, I don't even consider it mm -hmm. um, uh, to a certain extent you know but then there are other points definitely in that point of time i wasn't thinking that uh, you know what's the effect on the audience i, I was just um you know, uh, King Lou's just having a conversation and he's got a point of view and he's just trying to convince this guy, look, you know, you, we've got to give it a go. Like, you know, because otherwise you don't get anywhere in life sort of thing. You know, again, it's this entrepreneurial nature that's just his nature and he, he's wanting to convince another person that this is the way to go. Um, but then... Yeah, but then there are other times, like like um, in the ending, uh, where I, I've got a particular point of view um, about how, well, again, like, I guess it's uh, also like the thing I said about the, the two stories and, you know, it was important for me that King Lu, people didn't necessarily know what King Lu was thinking. Having said that, you know, I, I, <laughs> not saying I'm a great artist, but I, I don't, I've got that point of view, but I've presented it, I think, in a way with other people can have their own point of view and come to a decision to, as, you know, as to themselves, whether King Lu was always and will always be loyal or if you know, if actually King Lou's uh, manipulative, um, you know, so and so, or or somewhere in between, you know. One of the cast members, I suppose, we've not spoken about is Evie the cow. What was it like working with the titular cow? <laughs> um, 
I I don't spend that much time with her because you know I'm I'm up in the tree when all the milking is going on. Um, I do remember watching her cookie with the cow in the cinema, and realizing how jealous I felt and how I never knew there was such a connection between the cow and cookie. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then the other thing was. <laughs> I always remember was um, just a bit where we're all standing around the cow um, talking about the cow and we are doing the scene and then Evie decides it's time to have a wee <laughs> but a cow does not have a wee wee as it were it has a huge bladder <laughs> it's just we're just waiting for it to finish and Evie was going and going and the puddle was growing bigger and bigger and everybody was like stepping further and further away from the car. So yeah, those are my two experiences of Evie. <laughs> that's the magic of Hollywood right there, Orion. That's, mm. you know, you've been on James Bond, you've been in Star Wars, but nothing will, nothing prepares you for that. <laughs> or, or the smell. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get the chance to see First Cow for the first time and what was your reaction to it? So the first time I saw it was at Telluride. Um, it's interesting. I think, I think the thing with being, you know, being uh, an actor or whatever, when you're watching yourself, you just you're just spotting all those things that you were like, mm, oh no, you know, you, you're just being very critical, really. Um, and. It was, it's really only the sort of second or third watch and then you, you start to let go of that and just be, become an audience member. In the first case, you're, you're just going, okay, that performance, like, you know, what? <laughs> um, and then you relax out of that. Um, and then I was, you know, that, then I was letting myself be taken by the story. And, and I think it's amazing, you know, because... Um, the thing about about friendship is it isn't it isn't it isn't like like love like passionate love right in the sense of it's not this huge like oh my gosh I want this person or this passion it's just something which you know kind of like just you know you when you first meet a friend you're like hey how are you yeah good what's your name oh okay cool what are you doing at this thing and then you get to, get to talking and you get to feel like you like each other, you like the way each other thinks or there's something. And then you go, hey, you know, there's this movie, you know, you were just talking about like how we both like independent movies. There's this thing, that, you know, and then you, you might go and check something out. And then, and it just goes like that. It's just like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and you never, like I said, you never eyeball each other. You're never really looking. You're just kind of looking at other things or you're, doing other things or you're watching a movie or and then you're you the time goes by and then you reach a certain point and you're like you know what if this if this person ever left your life you would really miss this person and and that's what the movie does you know that's what i felt i realized that's what i felt when i read the script 
you you experience it and you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, it looks, oh, yeah, looks good. Yeah, okay. And then you hit the end and it ends. And you're like, wow, I'm I'm really gonna miss this. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want it to end. Um and that's yeah, that's it's it's I only realized that after I watched it, you know, a couple of times. I was like, oh wow, that's amazing. Because it the structure of the movie is the structure of a friendship as well, you know. Um amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the film's obviously making its way out into the world. It finally came to the UK just just last month. Has it surprised mm. you how popular this film has become over the past year? And it's one of those things I always think the sign of a successful film that has not just been something that people has enjoyed, but it becomes part of kind of culture and art in a way that I'm sure you've seen it. Lots of things on Etsy where you can get like t-shirts, prints, designs, memes, gifts. The film has become something really pretty special to a lot of people. Has that surprised you, that journey you've gone from reading the script the first time to being printed on a, a t-shirt now? There's always a lot of different feelings and a lot of different thoughts, a lot of complexity. Um, in one sense, I don't think about where it's going to end up. I just concentrate on the work, you know, um, and it's all about creating that that work, creating the, the this collaborative art that we had, that we're doing, and, and so working with the people and just thinking about the work. Um, and then in the second sentence, Kelly Reichardt is an artist, really is an artist. And I knew that working with her, I would end up with something I was proud of. And I asked her a lot of questions on set, but it was never about questioning her. It was just about, I want to know what you think, because I think you're right. Whatever it is you think, I think you're right. So what what what, what does this mean? What does that mean? Why are you doing this? Why are they doing because I think you're right, and I want to know what you you know what, what everything about how you think about it. Um, and so I knew it was going to be something I was going to be proud of. And from the very beginning, from when I read the script, from when I knew it was her, and then the rest of it, I didn't really think about or care about the, how do you say, the success? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, a really, it's a really fine balance between being considerate of your audience and wanting success. And I think it's, I think it's just this, a sense of like, okay, you want to create the art for your audience but it doesn't have to be everyone. <laughs> you know, it just has to be that special few. I, okay, side, this is going off. Is it going off topic? Who knows? I remember doing a play, um, which I shall not name, but I really disliked the director. And I disliked where the play was 
was going and how it was sort of being directed and how it's being structured and and uh, you know this director was tough to work with and you know she it's, I remember a, um, a stagehand was trying to do her job and and this director um, you know would keep yelling at the stagehand like for for things like where's this where's that can you get it now like I, I want it now we're doing it now we're doing the scene now get me that thing um, and then one time this person was like working furiously away you know whilst we were rehearsing and she was just making this this thing which was needed for the scene and then you know she yells out and says will you stop that racket why are you doing that and then so she stops and then you know the scene continues and then She's like yelling at her again. Where's the thing that you're supposed to supposed to be up? Why haven't you made it yet? <laughs> and 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 you know it, at that point in that on that day she 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 kind of the the stagehand broke down because you know it was just like so. Anyway, now it was halfway through the run, and this was a play I had severe doubts about and I was doing a scene which was a quiet part of the, the, the play and I remember hearing somebody in the stage left um, just sitting in, near the front weeping and I was like oh my gosh this is really touching that one person and you know what all the you know effort and work and heartache and tearing the hair out and all of that, it was worth it for this one person yeah. to have that experience. Um, that's fine. That's, that's great. That's amazing. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of like that, you know, if you, you, you want that, you want that depth, but it doesn't have to be, the quantity mm -hmm. um, and and so that you want that the success of that depth of feeling you know um, but it doesn't have to be you know box office numbers I suppose the film was released by by A24 in America what are they like to work with and have you got some favorites of their filmography um, they, they really just so capable, you know, they're, they're just ridiculously capable people, so smart. And yet, and, 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 you know, and, and, and then the whole production team, you know, um, and, and the producers and Kelly and all the people that they picked to work with, they, so I've always tried to do, I've always tried to look for good and able people to work with. When I, when I say good, I mean like really nice, gen, you know, genuine, friendly people, you know, polite and able. It's like they work in this, they have a high level of ability. And it's not enough for me to just be like working with someone who's like really able. And it's not enough for me to be just working with somebody who's really good. They have to be both. And, um, you know, in A24, 
they pick the right people and then they sort of let them do what, create their own art. You know, they've been very supportive. Um, whereas, you know, you always hear, not that I've worked in the studio system that much or anything, but you always hear that there's always a lot of interference. You know? um, and uh, yeah, and, and, and everybody I met in the, the company has always been, like I said, really that combination of good and able. So, yeah. Where's the best places to keep up to date with any news now that they've seen First Cow and they're going to check out a lot of these other work that you've done? What's the best place to stay up to date with any of your latest news or projects, Orion? Um, well, it would be um, on Twitter. I'm on Orion8Lee. On Instagram, I am at I am Orion Lee. Um, those are two best places, really. Um, and uh, yeah, and then fingers crossed keep watching on your big screen <laughs> absolutely and i just want to say thank you so much it's been a, been a real pleasure and honor to chat with you today like i love the film and to hear about your insights and i'm now going to watch the film again and have those two different stories playing in my head so it's like mm. it's now like a choose your own adventure i guess with how yeah. i want to see your character yeah well it's kind of like the whole movie is a choose your own adventure because yeah as an audience member you get to to make your own mind up <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And cool. take care. And thanks again for a, a lovely movie and, and sharing your insights. It's, it's meant the world to me. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. I, I enjoyed the chat. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.